Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Thank you so much. You may be seated. It's such a joy and great honor to be here with you all. We appreciate the goodness of the Lord and the mercies of the Lord that endure forever. I have many things going because of the open heavens, and I feel that we are in that place where whatever the Lord intended, we are going to be able to receive. First, I want to talk about the few books that I have available this morning. So far, I've written six books, released, printed out, but I've written much more. Actually, seven, seven books. And, uh, but the first one I wrote is on the weight of his name. And this one was because of the things I saw calling out the name of Jesus. One time I was preaching in Botswana, and I asked the congregation. It wasn't a big congregation, maybe half of this crowd. And I asked them to call on the name of Jesus. A pastor was seated on the front row. As we called, his blind eye burst open, and he could see. It happened again in a place in Mobende in several places. Most recently, I was praying for a person that had been operated upon four times on the eye. It was blind. And the Lord healed them that Sunday morning. So we have a name that is above every name. So this book is available. And then I wrote a second one called The Five Laws of Life. The principles we put in our lives like kindness, generosity, honor, and those principles inculcated in our lives cause us to progress greatly. The third book I wrote is on the fire. How do you keep the fire burning for years? And being on fire and passionate for God is also available. And then the last, one, uh, the, the, the last one I want to talk about is on dreams. Dreams for divine direction. How many of you dream when you sleep? Okay, how many of you dream, receive dreams from God? Okay, this book is about that. And it's amazing how God can lead you and guide you using dreams. Now, here is what I want to do with these books. I want to give them away. And uh, we have several initials in my family. I'm a JK and Julie is a JK. So the first two people to run with those initials... The initials of your name is a JK. Any JKs here? No JK? A JK. A JK. Come and get a book. If you are. <laughs> okay, and then I have my big daughter is Harmony Mulungi. So is there an HM here? Come, HM, HM, come. Another HM is there, okay. God richly bless you. Now, like I said, that when we are worshiping, I hear many things. And the first one I heard uh, in the morning was about, yes, I'm starting here, was about BLC. I really felt that BLC is a river of goodness, and that you are a treasurable 
tribe and congregation. And that the blessings that God has poured in this house don't stop in this house, but they go to distant places. And as I lean on to hear more about the word that the Lord is giving you, even as a family, I found First Samuel chapter 30 and verses 26 to 30. He says, when David came to Ziklag, he sent part of the spoil to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, here is a present for you from the spoils of the enemies of the Lord. It was for those in Bethel, in Ramoth, in Negeb, in Jata, in Aroa, in Sifomoth, uh, in Estimo, in Rasko, in the cities of the Jerahemelites, in the cities of the Canaanites, in Homer, in Borashan, in Atach, in Hebron, for all the places where David and his men had roamed. And I sense that God is giving you the custodianship of testimonies and breakthroughs. But I sense that stories will come from this house and go to distant places and be a blessing. And I sense that God is going to release encouragement and inspiration out of the stories that he does with this house. And so the father says that BLC, you are a river of goodness. And so I want to encourage you, your participation, your ministry, your involvement, your giving, just keep it up because whatever the Lord is doing with you does not stop here with you. Amen. Second word I really feel so strongly is for you, John, as you prayed in the morning before the first service, I feel that God has you as a leader that leads on. I had a picture as we prayed of you leading a hike. And I saw many people, especially members of this house, following after you. And you kept on bringing them into different territories. But I saw you standing on the peak even as you lead the congregation. And I saw you bringing them to a place, a peak, where they could see better and they could see bigger. And so John, I sense that the Lord is saying that is increasing the leadership graces even upon your life. But it's going to be leading into inheritances. I sense that there are dreamers here and there are people who have got ambitions from God, but they needed an anointing that would lead them into the fulfillment and the realization of that. And so as we, I leaned into in worship this, this morning, together in this service, this is a scripture that came to me. It says, and the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I sought to give them, and I'll be with them. And you notice that Joshua is bringing the children of Israel into their lands. They're not coming into Joshua's land. They're coming into their lands. And there are families here. There are people here, individuals here. That an anointing is coming upon you increasingly to release them. However big their ambitions, their dreams, their projects are. There is a grace to bring them into realization into that. Make sense? Another word I felt, I don't know whether, um, I don't know whether Lisa is in the house, but I strongly felt, are you here? She's, okay, you are here. I really felt as we were in the break, I felt 
that the Lord is bringing you into a place of freshness. Freshness. It's all going to be fresh in your life, in your body, but also as pertaining the anointing. You are in a season of fresh things. And the scripture I feel to give you is the one of Job 29, 17 to 20 says, I broke the fangs of the unrighteous and made him drop his prey from his teeth. Then I thought I shall die in my nest and I shall apply my days as the sun. My roots spread out to the waters with the dew all night on my branches. Listen to this. My glory fresh with, with me and my bow ever new in my hand. And so the Lord is saying that he's releasing a freshness of his glory in your spirit, in your bones. And the Lord is saying that he's bringing a sharpness to the graces and the gifts that you carry. The Lord says that even as you continue like you've always done in that which God has called you to do, there's going to come deliverance, major deliverances for the people, different people, even as you continue in that. But the word for you is freshness, a season of freshness. And it's going to be so strong even in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. We bless your maid servant. Bianca, are you here? If I shout, has she gone? Bianca? Is she Bianca? Is there a worship member? She's not here. Okay. The Lord told me in the time of worship to let her know that uh, all that she's been praying for and pushing in for, God is going to do much more. God is going to do exceedingly abundantly. I so strongly felt, even as I leaned into here, that God is going to bring some things that she even never prayed for. Some things that are going to blow her mind. And I felt as if God is moving and shifting debts. The things that would have happened farther down the road, God is bringing them close. And so we bless you wherever you are. That is your word. May the Lord do exceedingly abundantly. And uh, just in case I forget, as we were worshiping, I felt there is a healing this morning for somebody who has been bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. And I don't know whether you are comfortable to let us know but God is doing some healing with bleeding. It could be internal, but you have a condition. It's physical, not just bleeding emotionally. It's a physical condition in areas of bleeding. But I feel God is healing somebody's bleeding. So let us contend for that. We'll believe God for you. And the Father will do exceedingly abundantly. Amen. Amen. Kindly raise your hands above your head. And we will pray and get into the breaking of the word. Father, we come to you. We ask that your word will come to us. We ask that you open us up body, spirit, and soul. And cause your word to enter. We ask that you unfold the power of your word to affect every facet of our existence. We ask that it shall not be the same again. We ask that you open our eyes to see Jesus. Cause us to fall in love with him again. That we may serve him the rest of our days. And everybody said amen. Okay, this morning I want to teach and talk about us being a people of hope. That uh, we need to be a people that identify 
as a generation of hope. As a saint, hope is what drives you and gives you strength. Any moment you are hopeless, all you, all you, you are going to be like you are going to be withered. Any moment you are hopeless, you wither. You won't have the energies, the impetence to keep you going. Hope is what brings you to the place of promised fulfillment and you enter into your inheritance. It's another thing for God to give you a promise. It's another thing to be there for you to realize the promise God has given you. It's a prophet Isaiah that declared, I think those are the words of Hezekiah. He declares and he says that the child has come to birth, but there's no strength to push the child out. And for every promise you've been waiting for, you need energies that will carry you to that place of realization. And it's hope that brings you to that place of inheritance. But I also want to encourage you that hope is the message that we are called to bear. The anointing, Bible declares in Isaiah 10, 27, that it lifts the burdens and it destroys the yoke. And that anointing upon your life is not an anointing intended to make sad circumstances sadder. It's anointed, it's intended to bring hope in every situation. So you are not a carrier of a message of pessimism. You are a carrier of a message of positivity and optimism. You are a carrier of hope. Isaiah 40 and verses 1 to 2, he says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her for her warfare is ended and that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Every one of us is a carrier of this comfort message. Does Johannesburg need a message of comfort? Yes. Do we need to comfort Uganda? Yes. Do we need to comfort the continent of Africa? Yes. And who is going to comfort? Not the government, not political parties. It is the child of God that carries this message of hope and brings encouragement in every situation. As sharing with the people in Cookstad over last weekend, I've been coming into this country for many, for many years. But this time around when I came over 10 days ago, I, I, I was talking to this immigration officer, a wonderful lady. And she was asking me questions what I'm coming into the country to do. And I answered ably. And then after she stamped my passport, I looked into her eyes and said, have a good night. The best ever. She almost fell off her seat. Almost knelt down to say thank you. People need those words that are positive, loaded with encouragement no matter who they are. And we who are gathered here this morning, we are carriers of the message of hope. Listen to this scripture that we all know very well. Romans 15 and verses 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. What does this scripture teach? It teaches one that is possible to abound in hope. It's possible to have hope in abundance. That you will be known by your neighborhood as a person that carries hope always. 
This scripture also suggests that when we see you filled with the hope, we can tell that you are leaning on God. When God is absent in a life, no matter how much they claim to have God, they exhibit that through hopelessness. But a people filled with the hope tell us that they are leaning on God. They have God factored into their present and into their future. This scripture also is teaching us that when your life is full of hope, you are going to have joy and peace in your life. And so whenever I'm interceding, I say, Lord, I need some peace in my life. I need some joy in my life. The Lord says out of this scripture that, well, be filled with hope. Align yourself. Poise yourself towards being a hopeful person. Because when you do, your life is going to be full of peace and joy. The scripture also informs us that the spirit of God, the more he comes upon us, the more he fills us with hope. Fullness of hope is an activity of an impact of the Holy Spirit. Two things I want us to consider when talking and discussing about this thing called hope. Number one, hope is revealed as being able to give life to dead things. No matter which dead states you are in, the moment you rise up and say, I'm going to hope in God, life comes back again. He says in Job 14 and verses 7 to 9, for there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease. Though its roots grow old in the earth, and its stump die in the soil, yet at the scent of water it will burn, and put out branches like a plant. He's talking about this very dead tree. Because many a times our lives are in this state of deadness. Maybe you fell into a moral failure. You blew it. You made a mistake. And the enemy is beating you up and say, you can never stand up again. What is that thing that can cause you to stand up again? Out of your messes. Hope. And that's what we see in the life of David. David has sinned against God. He's committed a sin of adultery. He's killed a man. And he's down there. And he's coming before the Lord in repentance. Notice what he says in Psalm 51 and verses 11 to 13. He says, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgress as your ways. And sinners will return to you. David, are you serious? You who has just sinned, can you teach any transgressors anything? David says, oh yes, I have hope in God. Because in God, when I fall, he's able to bring me up again. And whatever the enemy intended for evil in my life, there is a God in heaven who can turn it around together for God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hope. In those dead moments of our lives. Those mom- dead moments of our lives when we attempt great things for God, but there's a flop. We fail, kind of. Remember when the, when the disciples attempted to cast out a devil, and they couldn't. 
And then down the road, Jesus empowers them and they go into the cities of Samaria and they cast out devils. They come back rejoicing that even the demons listen to our voice. Meaning that even when you have attempted something for God before, maybe you have taken a risk to see the supernatural and it never worked out. I'm here to declare, rise up again. There is a better tomorrow. There is a supernatural tomorrow. There is a tomorrow breakthrough. There is a tomorrow of a higher anointing than you have ever seen before. Hope brings alive things that have died before. At times we get to those places where we are abandoned. We are all by ourselves. Everything that used to, uh, to, to water us, everything that used to help us, to nurture us, is long gone. And we are left just there in desolation. Even when you are in abject, uh, uh, utter abandonment, hope can cause you to rise again. Hope brings life to dead things. Amen. And I've been there in my life. Years ago, actually, when, 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 when John and Patrick and Derek came to Uganda, I was in that place. Very hopeless. The world had closed in on me. I didn't know I see a future before, because, uh, ahead of me because of what I'd, I'd been through. And today, here I am encouraging the body of Christ all over the world. Because when everything is dead on you, you can rise up and hope in the Lord again. And life is going to come back. Second thing I want us to consider this morning is that hope is a state to which you can condemn yourself. It is a stance you choose in life. You can say to yourself that I'm unbinding up myself to always be hopeful. Amen. You need to understand that hope is chosen. Hope will not find you. It is you who chooses to be hopeful. And so Job 5, 16 says, so the poor have hope and injustice shuts their mouth. What does this scripture mean? It means that they are poor, they have nothing to hold on. Of course, in the Old Testament, those who are poor, those who are afflicted are, are oppressed. But it also means abject poverty. He's saying that even in this, that state of abject poverty, you can rise up and hope in the Lord. And you're going to see the Lord come through for you. He says in Psalm 42 verses 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Those moments when uh, there is anxiety, there is depression, uh, there is perplexity in your life. You can't make out what tomorrow is going to be like. In that dark moment of your life, you can rise up and hope in God. And things are going to become better. He says in Psalm 130 and verses 5 to 6, he says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman for the morning. He says, no matter what I see, no matter how long it takes, I'm deciding I'm going to be a person that will always hope in the Lord. Now listen. That brings us to a wonderful scripture that I believe that you, most of you have heard about. Zechariah 9 and verses number 12, it says, Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare, I restore to you double. And he's calling that state in which you condemn yourself as a stronghold. 
In Bible times, Old Testament, strongholds were resorts, were places of refuge, were places where you run to for security. That's why he says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. He's suggesting, the prophet is suggesting to us that you can determine from now on that you are going to incarcerate yourself, condemn and contain yourself into this stronghold of hope. You do it willingly. You do it voluntarily. Is this Etienne? Are you the one? Come. Please come. Let's preach together. Come. I want you to stand here for me. Quickly and face there and do your hands like that. And I want you to bind me hard. Bind you. Yeah. Bind this is this bind or hug. maybe harder, just a little. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I've chosen to put myself in this place. I'm going through a hard time. I'm waiting for a long time. Maybe my disease is not getting healed. Maybe my business breakthrough is not coming through. But what am I doing? I'm condemning myself into a state of being bound by hope. I'm going to hope in God. God will come through. I'm going to see that breakthrough in my life. Thank you very much. You you willingly bring yourself into the state of being bound by hope and say, Has my husband, my wife, my children, my workmen, we are hoping in God. We are not leaving this hope station. We are going to wait upon the Lord. We are making ourselves prisoners of hope. Amen. And so Job says in Job 13, 15, he says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. And why is God giving us this allowance in our Christian journey? Because there are things we find ourselves waiting for for a long time. And they're not forthcoming. What do you do in those circumstances? You make yourself a prisoner of hope. Many years ago, over 17, 18 years ago, I was preaching in some, in, 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 I, I was preaching in Southampton, in England. And uh, I felt like God wanted to heal people with deaf ears. So I called them out. Three people came. Of the two of them, God opened their ears. There was this one lady, totally deaf in both ears. Her ears never opened. After one year, I visited England again. I was preaching in the Midlands in a, in, in, in a place called, in a place called Wellingborough. And I was staying in a place called Grendon. And this lady in that church of Southampton comes to visit me. She, to, she was called Kate Walton. And as we are talking, she receives a phone call. It was raining that time. She receives a phone call and somebody on the other end in Southampton was saying, Hey, Kate, I can hear. I can hear. James prayed for me last year and I couldn't hear. Today I can hear. Glory to God. She had been waiting upon her miracle for one year. She refused to quit believing God that God will come through for her and he finally came through for her. Friends, that's what I'm talking about in our different circumstances. You have to make yourself a prisoner of this hope and leave yourself there. 
And I know, friends, there are many things we can share about today. But I want to close here, even this morning. And I want to suggest to you that this is a position that God has given us in life. Things could grow dimmer. Things could grow bleaker. Things could grow darker in our environments. Are we going to cave in? No, 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 no. We are prisoners of hope. We want to believe that our salvation is going to come from Zion. We want to continue in the path that David took, that we lift up our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And so in closing, I want to encourage you. How do you feed your hope? Number one, by hearing stories of what God has done before. This must be intentional. Be intentional about hearing the stories of what God has done before. Why? Because the works of God reveal the ability of God. The works of God reveal the will of God. And the works of God reveal the love of God. And the works of God, the more you hear them, they become your prophecy. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. They become your prophecy. And so listen to what the psalmist encourages Israel to do. Psalm 78 and verses 2 to 7. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that you have heard are known. That our fathers have told us. But we will not hide them from their children. But tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn. Arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments. How are they going to set their hope in God? By keeping on hearing what God has done before. It's God's ordained method of feeding our hope. God's ordained method of feeding our hope is hearing what he has done before. Not only with you, not only with those who are around you, but even those who are distant. And the more you hear it, the more you conclude that what he has done before, he will do again for you. What he has done for others, he will also do in your life. Second thing you need to do to feed your hope is to become acquainted with the inheritances given to our fathers by God. Listen to me. The fathers and the mothers generation is a receiving generation. What do they receive? They receive inheritances on the behalf of the next generation. Listen to me. As a father and as a mother, whatever prophetic word you don't receive, your children can never possess. Before I knew this principle in scripture, I hope time can permit me to, to expound on it. Before I knew this, script, this principle in scripture, there were words that were given to me and I was like, no, I don't think that will ever happen to me. I never realized that I'm a father. 
I'm a father. God has ordained me to receive inheritances on the behalf of my children. Not every word on your life will be realized by you. But there are children coming from behind you that are going to walk into the territories of what God has declared. And so as a father, as a mother, you have to open up your heart and keep on receiving these prophetic words. Why? Because you receive them on the behalf of the generation coming. Genesis 49 and verses 1 to 2, he says, Then Jacob called his sons and he said, Gather yourself together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. This entire generation of the 12 sons are receiving prophetic words that are not going to be realized in their day, but they're going to be realized in the days to come. And so when Judah stands before his father, God declares through his father that out of you the scepter to rule will come. Fast forward when you come to the book of Judges, Judges chapter 1, the children of Israel inquire of the Lord who is going to go before us. And then God says, Judah will go first because I've delivered the enemy into his hands. So you see the leadership anointing begin to manifest in the descendants of Judah. Why is it manifesting? Because on the day the Lord released the word Judah was willing to receive the word on the behalf of his descendants. Are you following me? Down the road we see over 23 kings coming out of the lineage of Judah. Even Jesus Christ, the son of God, came out of that tribe. Why? Because their great grandfather was willing to receive that word. And so what is our obligation as the sons and daughters? We inquire from our fathers and our mothers, what has the Lord told you? What did the Lord say before we came? And the more we become acquainted with the prophetic inheritances carried by our parental figures in the spirit, but also in the physical, we are able to have hope, to look into the future with confidence and boldness and knowing that what God has declared he's going to do. Number three, to feed your hope, you need to commit to gathering. He says in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. One of the things that the enemy intended to kill in the lockdowns was fellowship. And all over the world, all over the world. And so he brought a laxity, a laid backness in many believers. And they don't want to fellowship anymore. And the more he does that, the more he renders a community hopeless. And I'm saying that those of us who are here and those of you watching me online, we are the company of those who are committed to fellowship. Let it rain, let it shine. We are going to be wanting to be where our brothers and sisters are. Because it's in the gathering of the saints that encouragement resides. I'll say that again. It's in the gathering of the saints that encouragement resides. Whenever we are together, we sharpen one another. We start up one another. We pour into each other. And the hope begins to rise up. And I declare you will walk through those two doors out today with the hope in your heart and joy in your soul because when we gather together we stir up one another lastly how do you feed your hope you feed your hope by keeping the promises of what God has given you before you those words that God has declared to you whether in dreams 
or visions or prophecies or convictions. You have to be a person disciplined in journaling them. And after you have journaled them, you read them again and again and again. Those words given to you by God. And then you pray over them. Keep them before you. I told the friends in the first service that this is one of the things that blesses me with John. John has a memorization of prophetic words given to us as a house, as, as the FMI house, given to different individuals. He remembers them. Why? Because it's intentional. Whatever you don't choose to remember, you won't be able to fight with, to, to use to fight your way through times of discouragement. You need to remember these words that God has given you and keep them before you. Because listen, why? The echo of what God says never ceases. God speaks once, but if you are intentional, you can hear that voice again and again and again and again, as if he's just spoken there and then. He says in Psalm 62 and verses 11, once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God. He speaks once, you can hear twice, you can hear thrice, you can hear four times, you can hear a thousand times. How do you hear it again and again? By placing that prophetic word before you. And that alone is going to bring a lot of hope and encouragement to you day in and day out. For he says in Psalm 119 and verses 49 to 50, he says, remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. And so friends, at times, this is what my prayer life looks like. I'll go before the Lord, choosing the time I'm going to spend before him, whether it's going to be one hour or two hours or three hours. And I'll pray in the spirit. I pray in tongues a lot in my prayer time. But one of the things I love to do in my prayer time is to open up one of these devices and I go into the places where I write down my dreams and my prophetic words. Every word is written in there. Even the word that John gave me two days ago, I have it written down. And I, I, I ask the Lord to lead me, which year am I praying over? And the Lord says, pray over the words you received in 2018. I have all of them written down. And so friends, I begin to read them and I pray them. And as I pray through them, I stumble upon those which have been accurately, divinely fulfilled. And those ones become my encouragement for the words that have not yet come to pass. And in my spirit, I begin to say that like he did these words, so is he going to fulfill these other words. And so whenever I do that in my prayer life, friends, no matter what is happening to me, to Uganda, to our church, I live that moment of prayer very encouraged and full of hope. Be intentional to feed your hope because we are a hope generation and we are a people who carry the message of hope and everything that God has given us is going to confirm it and this word will never be void of power. Raise your hands above your head and we shall pray together. Father, you said in your word in Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11 that as the rain and the snow fall on the ground and they don't return up into heaven, but they cause the ground to bud that you may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You say that so shall your word be that proceeds out of your mouth. You said it shall never return to you void of power. It shall accomplish everything you say to do and it shall prosper in that very thing. Let this world prosper. Let 
today's word prosper. Let today's word prosper. I declare that we that redeemed a fertile ground for every word that comes out of your mouth. I pray for fruitfulness a hundredfold many many times oh God that we shall be a company of the hopeful. A tribe of the hopeful. Families that are filled with the hope. Businesses that are filled with the hope. Ministries that are filled with hope. Organizations that are filled with hope. We honor you Lord and we bless your name. Thank you Father. And we pray for this person. Are you here? Uh, the issue, do you know anybody or are you here? The issue I talked about, about bleeding. Anybody wants to respond to that word? A bleeding, bleeding situation. Anybody putting up a hand for that word bleeding? Anything bleeding, whether it is internal, a condition like that, or whatever it is. Anybody putting up their hand for that? Nobody? Yes? No? Yes, there is a hand there, there is another hand there. Now, friends, look into my eyes, even as you raise your hands. A major miracle is going to happen this morning. Major miracle. I know wh- why do I know this? Because I feel faith in the air. In the worship moment, we stepped somewhere. And as uh, Daryl Ebley put it, the cloud of glory came and overwhelmed us. The father says that he loves his son, and his son is Jesus the miracle worker. So that we make a miracle worker. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Stand up. I want to prophesy to you. Those of you who are responding to that word. Do you want to come here, please? Because you are, I can't keep on moving my head this one, that way. I need some people coming with them, please, and laying your hands on their shoulder. We're going to pray together. Look at me. Friends, look at me. It's not about the healing. It's about the present and the future. It's about a new day in your life. It's about a new season in your life. The father says he's clearing the clouds, the dark clouds that have been before you. The father says that you've been experiencing times of uncertainty and things have been not been clear and you couldn't see way into the future. But God says he's clearing all that is releasing the dawning of a new day even upon your life. And it's a bright future you're going to enjoy. So the father says there's going to be strength coming to you, new life coming to you, but a higher quality of life like never before. The Lord says that you are stepping into the days of your joy like you have never known before. And whatever the enemy intended, he will not be able to execute because your fighter is stronger than anything that fights you. Your defender is stronger than anything that wants to fight against you. You hear me? Okay, raise your hands for me. Let's pray for this. Everybody stretch your hands towards them. Let's believe God for them. Heavenly Father, you finish what you begin. You begin. You've given us a word and you are completing it even today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare it stops today and it stops now. It stops today and it stops now. Thank you, power of the Holy Spirit. It stops today. 
stops now under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So Father, we release life, we release a bright future, we release days of strength, we release satisfaction in life, we release joy, we release peace, we release goodness, we release strength enough for them to walk into their God-given inheritances. What a mighty God you are. So Father, we release wholeness and healing and grace and mercy. Father, we want to thank you for the many things that you're doing with them. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, everybody. Let us, let us just raise our hands and let us begin to worship God. Come and worship God, every one of you, in whichever way you can do it, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord.